Good morning. Today is September 18, 2022. We're at Lesson 3 in our study on early human history of the book of Genesis 1 through 11. And today we look at the fall of man, or as it's called, human sinfulness begins. So uh, we have taken prayer requests. I'm going to ask Brother Mickey if he'd go ahead and lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for the opportunities that you have given us to come into your house, to study your word together, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, today we have many needs, but we lift them up to you. We pray for our, your hand to rest upon Tony's friend. Heavenly Father, today we ask your hand to rest upon her as she is overcoming the situation in her life. Father, we pray your healing process would begin at the head and go to the toes of her feet. May she be healed, strengthened, and refreshed and renewed, relying upon you to know, Heavenly Father, that you are the author and the finisher and the healer of her body, mind, and spirit. Father, today we continue to pray for Paula Jones. Ask your hand to rest upon her today, Lord, and guide and direct her, Heavenly Father. Lord, minister not only to her, but through her, Heavenly Father, in this time in her life. Father, we ask for healing in her body, Lord, and strength in, in the anointing of your Spirit upon her today. Lord, we thank you for touching and ministering to Mary Alice. Father, we thank you for your protective hand that kept her from really uh, hurting herself father as she failed we thank you lord for the door that has been opened for their move father we just ask you to be with them now as they endeavor to load everything up and get ready to go to oklahoma heavenly father we pray your head hand of guidance and direction would be with her bless them oh god and touch dennis heavenly father today anoint his body heavenly father this pain that is there heavenly father we know that you are the healer of all of our hurts and our pains our bruises and whatever is ailing us heavenly father you are the author and the finish of it all lord we thank you for the day we ask you to bless this nation heavenly father help us to realize oh god this is the need to bow on our knees and pray to you for guidance and direction father we are a nation that is in turmoil today but lord we know that you are not the author of turmoil but of peace and restoration heavenly father we pray today lord for our president and vice president for the congress and the senate heavenly father that they would be aware heavenly father that you are still the god that leads guides and directs father as they look unto you father may they be remembered heavenly father that our forefathers brought forth on this nation heavenly father desire to serve god in his truth and reality heavenly father we thank you for the day bless this time of fellowship lord and studying your word together we give you praise for it in thy name amen amen in the assemblies of god we have what we call the 16 fundamental truths or doctrines and uh, one of them is the fall of man which we're going to be looking at today in Genesis the third chapter and also some in the fourth chapter if we have time um, but in Genesis 3 is where we'll begin and our our uh, key verse is Romans 5 12, which refers back to the fall of man, 
where it says, by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And uh, to go along with that is our central truth, which is really taken from Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come or fallen short of the glory of God. And the glory of God, of course, is Christ. And we all come short of him. We may, may be able to say, well, I'm, I'm better than this guy or that lady, or, but, but uh, you can't say you're better than Christ, for sure, because he is the glory of God. And so all have fallen short of the glory of God, and all have sinned because of the fact in Romans 5.12, by one man centered into the world, and then death was passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so there was a time when the world was perfect, very good in the judgment of God, what he said about it. But this wonderful state was ruined when our first parents decided to go against the word of God who created them. Their disobedience would have worldwide results as they lost their home and their security, and as the entire human race, including their first two children, fell under the power of sin. So all of us have at least seen painful, costly results of natural disasters on the television or the internet, the power of sin brings results even more devastating, but it begins its work invisibly. Temptation pulls people away from being obedient. The entire human race has fallen from God's way and find themselves in a spiritual disaster, desperately needing a savior. So God immediately addressed the disaster of sin he had, since the foundation of the world, decided to send his son to die for us. For now, he would work to teach humanity about sin's wickedness and establish the sacrificial system that pointed to Christ. When people sin, they are not merely acting upon instinct. Rather, they are acting from a condition that entered the human race when Adam and Eve took their eyes off God and focused on Satan's empty promise. Sin and evil are a tragedy brought on by walking away from God. Only a reunion to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ can sin and evil be overcome. So that's the introduction there in our teacher's quarterly anyway. And so we'll begin reading in Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Uh, okay, Genesis 3. <clears throat> now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, 
you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. All right. We'll stop there on the reading so we can comment. Um, it's kind of interesting. The first words that, that uh, Eve spoke was to the devil. <laughs> I'm sure she probably spoke before that, but as far as recorded words, we have her speaking first. And um, we know Adam first spoke when he uh, saw Eve and said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And um, so Genesis has a lot of firsts in it, definitely. And uh, this is the first temptation because God had told them that they could eat of every tree of the garden but one and of course the enemy likes to point out to young people especially what they can't do if they follow the Lord or but what we're forbidden to do is for our own good because God knew that this would bring sin into the world if they disobeyed him on that and it it introduces us to a serpent now we're not told exactly what this serpent looked like uh, but we know that after God cursed the serpent it had to crawl upon its belly so this seems to indicate it might have had some legs before that and uh, if you've seen pictures of dinosaurs, for instance, they had that kind of snake neck, yeah. So it, it could have been a dinosaur. We don't know. It just said that it was a beast, though. It didn't really say a reptile or a, or a bird, but it did say a beast. And uh, so uh, it got her attention anyway. Uh, but. We, we get all these myths, you know, going on with the Garden of Eden where you see a snake up in this tree, you know, to, to tempt Eve. But it wasn't a snake, I don't think, at first. But it, it became a snake after God cursed it. And uh, so we're, we're introduced to, really, the enemy right here. And... Uh, God doesn't tempt any man, so, so he used the enemy to test man in seeing whether man would obey God or not. 
And way at the end of time, almost, we know after the millennium that Satan's going to be let loose and, and he's again going to tempt mankind to rebel against Christ who had been reigning and ruling on the earth for a thousand years and still um, he always is very subtle, crafty, and cunning is that word and uh, it really has to do with deception and uh, so he, he will deceive a lot of people into thinking they could rebel against Christ while he's reigning here on earth. And they'll, they'll surround Jerusalem as if they're going to siege it. And all of a sudden, fire is going to come down from heaven and destroy them. But those that were born during the millennium had it made, you know, because they were under a peaceful reign of Christ and and therefore um, they they didn't really have any kind of a temptation. But when Satan was let loose, then he is able to tempt them and deceive them. He won't deceive the body of Christ. We're the glorified saints and we won't, you don't need to wonder if, after you're glorified if you're going to fall. No, the fall is over with us when we are glorified. And uh, so anyway, uh, we see that uh, uh, he began to get her to be looking at that fruit. We don't know what type of fruit that was. Some say it was an apple, but I don't think it was an apple because... Apples are good for you. I don't think God would forbid you from eating apples. That apple keeps the doctor away. <laughs> and, uh, but whatever fruit it was, it, it was known as the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, so the, the woman uh, contradicted Satan by saying, well, we may eat of the fruit of the tree, all the trees of the garden but of one and because uh, God said don't eat of it neither shall you touch it and some believe that she added that uh, we don't know what Adam told her because the first uh, commandment was given to Adam that he had to pass on to Eve and he probably wanted to put that warning in there don't even touch it you know so uh, uh, it could be that she had heard that from Adam, that they weren't to touch it even. And so then the serpent contradicts God and saying, no, you won't die, for God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened. And so he was, he was saying that God is withholding something that would be good for you because he doesn't want you to be like him and that's always been a temptation of mankind to try to be God try to be like God and uh, so the enemy uses these same tactics and he also uses what we call the the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye and the pride of life and so here we see where she saw that it was good, that was a lust of the eye and uh, whatever fruit it was. 
And also we see that there was the lust of the flesh that sure looks good and delicious. And uh, then there was the pride of life because you'll be just like God. Yeah. And so Satan always usually tempts through those three things. He did that with Jesus. He, he tempted him to turn stones into bread to satisfy the flesh. He tempted him to, to look at all the kingdoms of the world that he could have to appeal to his eyes. And then he, he also um, said that, you know, God said that he would give his angels charge over you when he took him up to a pinnacle of the temple and told him to cast himself down and make something of him, that he would be another evil Kadimbo or something, you know. That, and uh, so uh, you, you find all three there in Jesus' temptations as well, but he resisted all three by the word of God. And so that's why it's important to know the word of God or else we can be susceptible to Satan's temptations. And uh, so anyway, uh, you see those uh, different types of temptations in with Eve and also with Jesus. But Jesus overcame. He didn't yield to any of it. And he even told him to get out of here. <laughs> get the hint, Satan. Uh, so anyway, uh, the devil likes to tell half-truths, you know, because he said, when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And uh, notice he sneaks in that you will know good and evil. They, did, they just knew good. They didn't know any evil. But uh, he was telling a half-truth there. They would know good and evil. And, uh, and, and it is true their eyes were open, as, it's, as she read there. The eyes of them both were open, and they, they noticed that they were naked, because before that they were not ashamed of being naked, but now shame comes in the deal after they had partaken. It's debatable whether Adam was right there with her when she ate of it, but we do know that she gave of the fruit unto Adam also, and she probably said, I didn't die. It's all right. Go ahead and eat it. <laughs> you know? And uh, so anyway, uh, he ate it. Now in Timothy, put a marker there, in 1st Timothy, the second chapter, I'm not used to this Bible that much, but my other Bible's all torn up on the first four chapters of Genesis. Um, so I was finding it in my other Bible. <laughs> anyway, in Timothy, I'll find it here in a minute. There we go. 1 Timothy 2, and 
Oh, I've got to turn a page. That's my why I didn't see it. In starting with verse uh, 12, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man. That, that word man there means husband, not to assert authority over the husband. So he, he wasn't against women teaching. He just said, uh, don't, uh, don't ups, you, usurp authority because God had given Adam the authority over the woman. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but we know the woman was deceived and was in the transgression. So um, he put most of the blame on Adam because of the fact that he knew what he was doing, that he was uh, going against what God had told him specifically not to do. So we can't just blame Eve. We, we have to blame Adam, because Adam was the one that was responsible for Eve, and and uh, he knew that she did wrong by eating of it, but yet he partook of it. Such is love, I guess. <laughs> if you're gonna die, I'll die with you. <laughs> and I still gotta go back. Okay, so uh, that's so they they saw themselves as being naked. Some believe that uh, they had some kind of like a Shekinah or, or a glory that was over them because uh, they were completely innocent and were uh, the glory of God. And like I said, the, the text says all ascending comes short of the glory of God. That man did have the glory of God when they were first created. So when they noticed that glory had gone, when they sinned, that revealed that they were uh, naked and, and they became ashamed. All right, now we have, yes, go ahead. You feel that guilt when you have done something wrong. Okay, we'll let Sherry continue here, 8 through 13. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the, of the, in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, from, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. 
And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God, is that all I read? Oh yeah, that's correct. We're okay. In it's another funny section. It's like they put the guilt on somebody else. Right, <laughs> the blame game. Yeah. yeah. Who me? No, I did. I didn't do it. Made you do it. Yeah, or the people made me do it. Is what King Saul said. You know, when when Samuel affronted him with all that bleeding of the sheep, and he said, "Why do I hear all these sheep bleeding? If you were obedient to to do what God said to destroy all the animals," and he said, "Well, the." The people kept it for sacrifice, and so right away he was doing the blame game. Now when Nathan approached David after he had sinned with Bathsheba, he said, I have sinned. He didn't blame Bathsheba. Well, it was her fault getting out there and taking a bath where everybody could watch her. He didn't do that. He, he said, I have sinned. Yes, right, because we have to realize we are the ones that are responsible for our, our sins and that we have sinned and come short of God's glory. So uh, we, we see there that there's a hope, though, that comes in spite of the failure, and I know we're about out of time. I hear them in the hallway. Uh, let's go to Genesis 3 now, 14 through 20. Uh, Opal, you have that? So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. She, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the, sweet, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Is that through 20? Yes. Oh, okay. oh, and Adam called his son named Eve because she was the mother of all living. Sure, and uh, we see where God cursed the serpent, but he did not curse Adam, and he did not curse Eve, but he said that they would have some results of their disobedience, 
But you see, God had blessed them already, and what God blesses, he doesn't curse. And uh, somebody pointed that out. I don't know, it might have been in the quarterly or somewhere else I heard that. But uh, it's interesting that this is the first time we get the name of Eve, because he was just calling her woman all this time. And uh, we don't know how long they were in the garden, you know, before they really sinned. They could have been there hundreds of years, but because they were eating of the tree of life and were living, and uh, so anyway, uh, we—it's interesting the, that fact that uh, God didn't curse Adam, He didn't curse Eve, but He said that there's going to be results of that disobedience, and uh, so He called His wife's name Eve because. She was going to be the mother of all living because she's our first mom. And uh, so anyway, um, so they had to be driven out of that garden because they had sinned. Another thing I was going to point out is that we don't know, like I said, what the fruit of the knowledge good and evil is. But today it could be TV programs. It could be computers. It could be movies and books and magazines because they're all knowledge of good and evil. And so you, it's, uh, it has good, but it has evil. And so uh, we have to guard our minds against a lot of that uh, evil stuff that, God, that Satan has out there. All right, so we got to go for now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that in your grace that you uh, spared Adam and Eve and uh, you uh, were able to still bless them, but they had to pay the consequences. And, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to take heed to your word, Lord, and to know that you mean what you say and say what you mean. And we praise you for it. Be with the service to follow. Anoint every part of it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.